for that song. If you would, open your Bibles to 2 Samuel chapter 19. And we'll be focusing on verse 29, but we're going to read the entire paragraph starting with verse 24 to, to verse 30. As you're turning there to 2 Samuel 19, has there ever been a time when you made an assumption without knowing or seeing the entire picture? I think we've all done that. There's times that we decide a matter make up our minds, act rashly, or, or do something that will affect someone else, and we only have one side of the story. We may even base 
what we're doing on gossip. Yet, what happens when we know the whole story? Do we ever change our mind? Do we ever take back the decision that may have been made before we knew everything? Do we make things right if we've wronged someone? You know, we must always do what's right. And this means that we need to know the whole story before we make a decision on anything. Because our actions, the things that, that we do, could wrong someone else if we don't know the whole story. Again, we must always do what's right. And if you think about something, if you turn over to Leviticus 19.18, and we're not going to, to read that, but you can turn over there, it says before we do anything or make any type of, of judgment, we need to have at least two or three witnesses. Or I'm sorry, we... We need to love, it says we need to love our neighbor as ourselves. I was thinking about a different verse. But it says we need to love our neighbor as ourselves, which means we should not wrong someone else. Over in Deuteronomy 19, it says that we need two or three witnesses before we do anything. But today we're going to look at David and something that he did that was wrong. And he did something that was wrong based on something that someone told him. But then when he found out the entire story of the matter, he didn't correct the wrong. Look at 2 Samuel 19, verses 24 through 30. It says, And Mephibosheth, the son of Saul, came down to meet the king, and had neither washed his feet, nor dressed his beard, nor washed his clothes from the time the king departed until he returned in peace. And when he was come to Jerusalem and met the king, the king said unto him, Wherefore wentest not thou with me, Mephibosheth? And he answered, My lord the king, my servant deceived me, for thy servant said, I would have mine ass saddled to ride thereon, for to go with the king, because thy servant is lame. And he hath accused thy servant unto my lord the king, but my lord the king is as an angel of God. Do therefore thy pleasure. For all my father's house were but dead men before my lord the king, yet didst thou set thy servant among them that did eat at thine own table. What right therefore have I to yet to cry any more unto the king? And the king said unto him, Why speakest thou any more of thy matters? I have said, Thou and Ziba divide the lands. And Mephibosheth said unto the king, Yea, let him take all, seeing my lord the king is come home in peace. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before you, just ask your blessings upon the reading of your word. Just be with us today, Lord, as we worship together. 
just give us an insight and understanding into your word and help us just to learn from your word and just take what we learn and apply it into our daily walk. And Lord, I just pray that you would be with us today, that you would be with those that were mentioned on the prayer list, those that are sick and shut in, those that have lost loved ones. We lift each one up to you, Lord, and just ask your blessings upon each one. And again, Lord, we just thank you and praise you for just all the blessings that you have given us, the blessings of life and liberty, the blessings that we could just come today to worship. Lord, we just give you thanks for all things. And Lord, I just pray again that you would be with us today. Give me the words to say and hide me behind the cross and let the words that are spoken be your words. And again, Lord, I just pray that you would just bind down Satan and have no part of this service. And Lord, if there's anyone here today that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, if there's anyone that needs to make any decision, just pray that you would speak to their hearts today. We just ask this in your son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, to give some background into what is going on, Mephibosheth was the son of Jonathan. And if you remember, Jonathan was David's best friend. And if you turn over to 2 Samuel chapter 4, verse 4, we find that Mephibosheth was lame in his feet. He was crippled. And what had happened was when news of Saul and Jonathan's death had made it to Jerusalem, the people panicked because they thought the Philistines would come and invade Jerusalem. And Mephibosheth's nurse, apparently she may have been holding Mephibosheth or she was pulling Mephibosheth by his hand, but what happened was is he fell and it did something to his feet. It either broke his legs, broke his ankles, it may have even broke his back and paralyzed him. We're not told. But what we are told is that it made him lame in his feet. So he couldn't walk. And he would need people to do things for him. And what we see later on is in 2 Samuel 9, it says that David, he wanted to do something for Saul's family, if any of the family members were still alive, if any of Saul's descendants were still alive, he wanted to do something for them for Jonathan's sake. And he's told by Ziba that Mephibosheth, Jonathan's son, was still alive. So what Saul does is he restores all, or what John, or David does is he restores all of Saul's lands to Mephibosheth. He gives Mephibosheth all of Saul's lands that had been confiscated. And he tells Ziba, who had been Saul's servant, to work the land for Mephibosheth. That way crops would come in and Mephibosheth would be staying at the palace and David would treat Mephibosheth as his own son. And Mephibosheth would always eat at the king's table. So what happens that he loses half the land? Well, David did something that was wrong. 
in 2 Samuel 16, verses 1 through 4, what you see is, is during Absalom's revolt, David flees Jerusalem because he fears his life. And while they're on this hill leaving Jerusalem, here comes Ziba with a bunch of donkeys and a bunch of food, and he comes to David. And David said, well, what's all this food for? And Ziba said, it's for y'all, and, and you know the food and the wine's for y'all that y'all can eat while you're in the wilderness. And then David asked the question. He says, well, where's Mephibosheth? You're here, where is he? And Ziba says something to David, and he says that Mephibosheth stays in Jerusalem, and he's sitting there saying, this day shall the house of Israel restore me the kingdom of my father. So Mephibosheth is saying, today all of, all of the kingdom's going to come back to me because I'm Saul's descendant. So what David does is he tells Ziba, he says, well, I'm giving you all of the land. Everything, all the property that belonged to Mephibosheth is now yours. Think about what just happens. David violates the law in doing this. And you might be wondering, well, how did David violate the law in doing this? Because in Deuteronomy chapter 19, it says that you need two or three witnesses before you make any judgment. You're not to make any judgment based on one witness. David does not ask for any other witnesses to this. He makes a, a snap judgment based on gossip. There was no other witnesses to this. David errs. He violates the law. And if you think about something, what David could have done is he could have said, well, I'm not going to do anything until I hear from Mephibosheth. I'm not going to make a a rash judgment without knowing the whole story. I'm, not, I'm just going to hold on to this matter until after Absalom's revolt is over. But David didn't do that. But if you think about something... A civil war had just broke out in Israel. And we see that the people at this time were siding with Absalom. He had stolen the heart, as the scripture says, he had stolen the heart of the people. Would the people have turned and put Mephibosheth on the throne? No. Oh. What Ziba was saying didn't make any sense. 
the people were siding with Absalom. They would have never sided with Mephibosheth. Likewise, for all the people knew, all of Saul's descendants were dead. David had to call Saul's servant in and ask if any of the children were still alive. So what Zibel was saying did not make any sense. Because if you think about something, if Absalom's revolt had succeeded, Absalom would become king. If David's revol- if David succeeds, which we see that he does, he would be restored to the throne, which he was. It didn't make any sense what Ziba had said. Also, if Absalom knew about Ziba or about Mephibosheth, he could have viewed Mephibosheth as a threat because Mephibosheth had a claim to the throne and he could have had Mephibosheth put to death. So what we see is he viewed Mephibosheth, he didn't even view him as a threat because he kept him alive. So Ziba's statement was illogical. But David did not think these things through. He made a rash decision. And he takes away what he had given Mephibosheth. He didn't wait for any witnesses. He just passed a judgment and made a decision. And it hurts Mephibosheth. He acted before he had the whole story. How many times do we do things like that? We just act. Make a decision before we know the whole story. How many times do we act like David? Acting rashly, acting quickly. Even if it could hurt someone else. We do those things all the time. We just jump to conclusions. Yet when we do these things, we err. We do wrong. Think about what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 13. Paul pretty much rehashes what Deuteronomy 19 says. That before we decide anything, before we pass any type of judgment, we're to have two or three witnesses. David did not even have any witnesses to this. And he passes judgment on Mephibosheth. But, you know, I'm always reminded, when I think about this, I'm reminded of Matthew chapter 7, verse 1. What Christ says. Judge not lest ye be judged. 
And if you think about what Christ is saying there, he's telling us that we're, we're not to pass judgment like God judges. We see that in what he says in verse 2, where he says, you know, why are you looking at the speck in someone else's eye when you have a beam sticking out of your own eye? But if you think about that, we can judge actions. If we see someone doing something that is sinful, we can look at that action and say, what that person is doing is sinful, it's wrong. But the key is we are to see what they're doing. We're to witness it before we pass that type of judgment. If we don't witness it, we're to have two or three witnesses before we pass judgment. The key is seeing it. David didn't see what Ziba was telling him. He didn't see Mephibosheth saying these things. There was even no, there was no witnesses to it. But he passes judgment. And in doing this, he does wrong. But then, later on, he does something evil. Evil. Because think about something. Mephibosheth couldn't walk. He would have to have help to get the donkey saddled. And this is what he tells David when he finally confronts David. When he's standing there in front of David, he tells him, Your servant's lame. I needed help to have this take place. And this is what we see in verses 19, or chapter 19, verses 24 through 30. Look at verse 24. It says, And Mephibosheth, the son of Saul, came down to meet the king, and he had neither washed his feet, nor dressed his beard, nor washed his clothes from the time the king departed until the king returned in peace, or until he returned in peace. So Mephibosheth, what he's showing here is a sign of mourning. He hadn't trimmed his beard, he hadn't washed his feet, or took care of his feet, and he hadn't changed his clothes or washed his clothes. Pretty much this was a sign of extreme mourning. And he comes and he meets David. And David asks him, well, why didn't you come with me when I left Jerusalem? And, Ziba and he tells him what Ziba had done. He says, Ziba, I told Ziba to go and saddle the donkey so I could come, and Ziba just takes off. He just leaves. And he says, I asked him to do this because I'm lame 
and he was going to have to saddle the donkey. He was going to have to take me and put me on the donkey so I could come and meet you and go with you. And then he starts to remind David of all the things that David had done for him. He said, you know, you let me eat at your table. You've you've given me all this land. You've let me eat at your table. You've done all these things for me when my family was pretty much dead and an afterthought in Israel. And then what does David do? David cuts him off. Why speakest thou any more of thy matters? David cuts him off. David is pretty much saying, I don't want to hear about it anymore. And then he says, you and Ziba divide the land. So David had made a rash decision in taking the land from Mephibosheth And then David does evil in what he just did because he didn't punish Ziba's sin. Because looking at Mephibosheth, who had not even kept himself up, shows that Mephibosheth was telling the truth and Ziba was lying. How many times do we act like David when we know the truth and we don't correct ourselves? When we don't make it right? We do it all the time. But when we do those things, what are we doing? We're violating the law of God. We're to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. We're not to pass rash judgments. We're to have two or three witnesses whenever we do anything. Make any type of judgment call like that. And when we act this way, when we act like David and do wrong, when we know the whole story, what are we to do? We're to do right. We're to admit our error. Why didn't David just admit that he was wrong in what he had done? When was the last time you ever admitted you were wrong when you've done something wrong? That's hard to do, isn't it? Why? Pride. It's hard to do because of pride. David was prideful. And we know David was prideful. Because it was David's pride and his lust that led to the rebellion. It was David's pride 
later on when he wanted to count the children of Israel, that led hundreds of thousands of his people to be killed. David was prideful. And he didn't want to admit that he was wrong. So instead of hearing the matter, instead of rightly judging the matter, he cuts Mephibosheth off and says, I don't want to hear about it anymore. Y'all just divide the land. I want to get back into Jerusalem. That's pretty much what he's saying. David passes judgment without hearing from both sides and then when he does hear both sides he does evil. He doesn't correct the wrong. When we act rashly when we don't correct the wrong that we've done We do evil. We act evilly. Why? Because our actions are wrong when we wrong others. And that's what we end up doing, wronging others. We must always do what's right. Even when that means admitting that we're wrong. Let's stand for prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before you, just thank you for your word. And Lord, I just pray that you would be with us during this time of invitation. Again, Lord, I just pray that you would be with those that are sick and shut in, those that could not make it today. Those that have lost loved ones, again, Lord, we just lift them up to you and just ask your blessings upon them. And again, Lord, I just pray that as we go into this time of invitation, if there's anyone here today that needs to make any decision, that you would speak to their hearts. Just continue to be with us. Overshadow us with your love and watch here. We just ask this in your son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you're today